But in that moment, Jesus is creating a powerful example of, listen, how many of us have fallen short? And yet how many of us have also judged those who have fallen short and therefore say, you can't have a relationship with God because of what you've done. And in those moments, the people who are the accusers, often cases, um, personify what servanthood looks like. This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonuel. So Samuel, we in these episodes are talking about how to have a thriving relationship with God. And yeah. we've talked about last last time together, we talked about where you can get stuck in the stage of being a believer, and that's basically stuck in just, you, you know, you just don't take your faith seriously. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to stay there. You want to move on. You want to move on to friendship. But there's another stage where a person can get stuck. Mm. And uh, this is a very important one. And you can get stuck in what I call the stage of the servant. Now, again, when we hear the word the servant, Uh we think, oh, that's a good thing. I want to be a servant of a servant of God. But that's not how Jesus talks about it in that uh, infamous verse that we shared last time where Jesus is at the Last Supper. And he says, uh, no longer am I going to call you servants from now on. You're going to be my friend, mm-hmm. okay? And we're going to really uh, look at friendship and what that means next next time. But today we're going to spend all of our time talking about what does it mean to be a servant? So when you're listening to this episode, um, I think it's important to ask yourself, A, do I have tendencies to mm. being a servant? That's a great word. Mm. Or, yeah, I'm stuck. <laughs> and eventually we're going to really explore uh, a character in the scriptures and the gospels, Peter. Peter got stuck. And we're also going to share a really cool story of how he got unstuck. Yeah. But uh, the servant, that that Greek word doulos mm-hmm. basically means a slave. Mm. Okay. That's not the type of relationship God wants with us. Mm-hmm. He wants a friendship. Mm-hmm. And there's a very important haunting verse in scripture that I think if you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you're proactive, you're active, you're serving God. This is a verse that we all need to take seriously and really meditate on in our lives and uh, think about. And this is the verse. This is some words of Jesus. It comes from Matthew 7. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Mm. That's a rough verse. Mm. These are people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who in Jesus' name are doing really incredible things. Right. Casting out demons, miracles. And Jesus then goes on to say, I never knew you. These people, Samuel, these are servants. Yeah. These are servants who are like 
really stuck. And so this is a kind of a, this will be a little bit of a, also at different times, a little bit sobering thing, but I think it's very important for each of us to be honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Remember what I said last time, every day I got to get up and decide, am I going to be a servant? Am I going to be a believer? Am I going to be a servant or am I going to be a friend of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And there are there are times where I can get stuck in being a servant. Yeah, me too. And we'll we'll talk about that. So let's jump in and give our listeners some ideas, some some uh, characteristics of what a servant might look like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think uh, a couple things come to mind, like when we talk about servanthood and Jesus. You know, I think this is a space where, in many cases, we go beyond just our belief in God. We talked about the believer stage in the last podcast. If you haven't listened to it, don't skip that one. Check that one out because it's a predecessor to this particular episode. But it goes beyond just believing in God, but it bases much of a maybe even a personal relationship with Jesus on rules and legalism. Mm-hmm. You know, Allah, we, you know, we can look at, uh, you know, people in the Bible like the Pharisees where they followed after they so-called followed after God. But it was the very people that Jesus opposed big time <laughs> because he said, listen, you all aren't even really truly trying to be an experience relationship with me because you're so stuck on the law of Moses. You're so stuck on, Hey, well, if we don't do things this way, this rigidity, this, this particular process, because there's good things in laws and commandments, right? That's the reason that we have relationship with God, but in it, it can't be based off of now judgmentalism, you know, in a sense, or it can't be based off of offering no room for mistakes. Oh, if you do that, I'm gonna kill you. If you, if you, if you, Because you live that type of lifestyle, we got to stone you. Like back in the day when the Mm -hmm. prostitute, for example, was coming before the Lord and Jesus drew his line in the sand. The man, the first man without sin, go ahead, cast that stone. But in that moment, Jesus is creating a powerful example of, listen, how many of us have fallen short? And yet how many of us have also judged those who have fallen short and therefore say, you can't have a relationship with God because of what you've done. And in those moments, the people who are the accusers, often cases, um, personify what servanthood looks like. Uh, But I think that there's a really important piece of what the other piece of this looks like, and that is they may not of those servants may not have experienced what true grace and forgiveness looks like. Mm -hmm. We talked about forgiveness podcast about two episodes ago and um, how important it was to experience forgiveness in the context of marriage. Imagine being married. And because of all the thought processes that you may have been raised with, um, you believe in marriage, you have a great spouse, but because of how you experience life and how you are treating your spouse, you may have a very rigid approach to it, which says, ah, we can't do this. We don't do that. We can't do that. And also when a person screws up, we have no grace for them. And so this is kind of like being in a relationship with the Lord where we don't have grace for other people. Because of our rigidity in certain aspects. I think also people caught in this place of faith often use religion for their benefit, um, Kelly. And and sometimes that's us, the church leaders, you know, yeah, where it can sometimes be that way. Yeah. Where we're in position to, you know, again, confront, criticize, <laughs> you know, be very judgmental. But in those cases, how much grace do we give because of the grace that we've been given? Jesus uses this example um, in one of his um, um, in one of his uh, uh, thought process where he says, you know what, here's here's this parable 
of a man who is seeking forgiveness from the king or forgiveness mm-hmm. from a particular leader. And he seeks forgiveness. The leader forgives his debt. It was but, a big debt, too. <laughs> but then that same man goes and doesn't have grace on other people. Mm-hmm. How many of us, that is our relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. God has given us himself grace. Mercy, I forgive you. I love you. You're forgiven because of what I did on the cross. And then we go and we end up hurting, causing pain. And because we then tell people, nope, you ain't good enough. You didn't do good enough. You can't follow Jesus like I follow Jesus. In fact, if you want to follow Jesus, look at me. <laughs> and I think that in those phrases, in those opportunities, we end up causing more damage. Typically, I think, too, here um, is we sometimes, and I say we, so we as servants sometimes, often cases, are very adept at hiding our problems because we're we got the, it all together. Oh, we got it all together. Uh, but psychologically and behaviorally, that doesn't add up. If we have it all together, then in what case is there room for grace and forgiveness in our own approach of life? I think about, you know, what sometimes servants do. We're not always humble. We're not always teachable, you know, because we know it all. And in those positions, if we if, even if we study the Bible, even if we study and spend time in his word, it becomes a place of academia as opposed to a place of relationship. And so this, this, some of this stuff might be like pushing buttons on you right now if you're listening to this, and that's okay. We're having a critical analysis of what this looks like to actually be an honest, true relationship with the Lord and not stop at just believing in servanthood. Well, and I think that's why, you know, we shared that opening verse, Samuel. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are very hard-hitting words, but that's why we shared that verse at the beginning of where, you know, Jesus is talking to these people. They, they're face-to-face with him, and they're saying, God, we did this. Mm-hmm. I was a pastor, mm-hmm. or I led VBS, or I was a missionary my entire life. We do not want that person to also experience where Jesus says, I never knew you. Mm. And sometimes people serve God or study the Bible out of control or they're power freaks or, and we can obviously for all of our listeners, we can come up with extreme examples. We've Mm -hmm. seen them. Mm -hmm. We've seen Christians, pastors and others who've used their power in a bad way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think in that then, Kelly, we, we bring this again to real time, real time, real examples. You know, we look at what um, in many cases the life of a servant may look like in regards to what we say and or what we do in relationship with other people. Um, and, you know, I, I've heard some of these phrases growing up my own self. Now you remember me, I'm, you know, Pentecostal Baptist. Uh, 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 you got, an, you got things, another one you can things. throw in I there? All, all of them, right? <laughs> That's my upbringing. I'm sure you have a diverse one as well in terms of denominationally and all the things. But I think just to make this real, you know, we heard everything from from people who may identify in servanthood as these are some of the phrases they may use. You know, uh, one may be, you shouldn't listen to this particular type of music. Well, yeah, you're. that's true. There's some music you shouldn't listen to. But we define our relationship with Jesus based off of if you listen to it or not. Right. Right. Uh, right. Another one. Our church is the only real church. Oh, yeah. That's so, definitely a servant. So, so you're telling me if I go to uh, this particular church, I'm, I'm not saved? 
Say what? So like, that's a real phrase that we use. Uh, uh, you have to read this version of the Bible. Otherwise, you're reading the wrong Bible. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> How many times, right? How many times? Uh, you know, here's a, here's a huge one. Here's a huge one. Those who have cancer or relationship problems or some other problem, issue, or, you know, they don't have enough faith. If you say that, you might be a servant. My goodness. It's quite possible. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, I think another one that we, we often think of is that, um, you know, there is a particular group of people um, or person that is going to hell. And it is based upon how we believe that then sends them to hell. And that is that is a, a, a very, very critical judgmental thought process that in many cases personifies a person who is kind of stuck in their faith. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the, the you know the two clearest examples of this type of person in the Bible um, when we go Bibles again we said it already is those people who were the religious leaders and the Pharisees and whom Jesus would often challenge you know and 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 in a sense confront them in a way that says hey we need to look at this closer and also when we read about the person that you're getting ready to talk about Peter Peter in the Bible Peter yeah love Peter <laughs> but Peter. Peter in the Gospels, Samuel, we don't think about this often, but Peter was, I think he's got one, maybe two positive stories about him in the Gospels. Every other, and he's, he is the central character other than Jesus in the Gospels. Uh, But he was definitely caught in the servant stage of faith. Uh, When we look at him, He's got some of these characteristics that you shared. He's arrogant, he lacks humility, mm. and he's definitely a know-it-all. Mm. Um, he is definitely the model of the servant. Let me give you some like specific uh, examples from the scriptures, just a couple. Mm. Peter does not have grace for other people. Um, and here's a verse from uh, Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? I just have to do seven, right? And then I'm done? And then I can, like, kick him out of my life? And then Jesus throws him a curveball. No, Pete. Seventy times seven. Uh, Peter's arrogant. Uh, and Jesus here is beginning to, there's a point in his life, towards the end of his life, where he begins to open up to the disciples and he begins to tell them that, hey guys, I'm going to have to die for you guys and everybody in the world. And, uh, and I love how the Bible says, says this. Uh, it says, Jesus spoke this message, quite frankly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. My goodness. I mean, just let that sit with you for a minute. Peter goes to the creator of the universe and says, you are wrong. Yikes. And then we have the infamous words that Jesus speaks to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Satan. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Mark 8. Ouch. Yikes. There's one more. There's a couple more. I'm only sharing three. I know. Okay. You didn't get to the one where he cuts people's ears off. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we got a real big one at the end of the podcast, at the end of this episode, but here's one more. Peter has a lack of humility. Uh, again, this is at the Last Supper. Jesus asked Peter to if he can wash his feet, and Peter arrogantly tells him, no, mm. never shall you wash my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we know what happened. And that, that it's, that's even kind of a comical scene, because then Jesus says to him, well, if I don't do it, then, like, you got, like, significant problems with me. And then it's almost, it's comical. Peter says, you know, basically, okay, well, wash my whole body then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think uh, Peter... Peter is the quintessential servant mm. when we read about in the Gospels. He's going to have a dramatic change in his life. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But here are some questions. Let's go over some questions for our listeners to ask themselves if they might be stuck in the stage of being a servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think what we also need to do in this moment, again, it's pause, right, is – is really I'm going to ask you as a listener to deep have a deep dive, delve deep into asking yourself these questions. This this podcast isn't again because we have a lot of married folk listening to this. Isn't for you to look at your spouse and be like, "You heard what he said? Did you need to look at?" No, no so no. glad you're this, saying this. Samuel. This is this is for you, <laughs> individual context in marriage. We're taking time for you, and so. Believe me, me and Kelly have had to do this for ourselves. We have to make a daily decision to see where we're at in experiencing our faith and our relationship with Jesus. And so these questions are designed and meant for you to think about this for yourself, not your spouse. <laughs> and so question number question number one or just thought process number one is, is I think typically what we do is we're caught in the servant stage of faith. Um, <clears throat> people who are often caught in this place are broken people who have been Christians for a while. But I think have not necessarily always sought out what healing and maturity looks like in specific places in their lives. Let me say more to that. I think often in in individuals' marriages, even in my marriage, in family life or personal life, um, we we need major work here because you know they in many cases and many times we are afraid or we're too proud to get help, and in the case that often makes us think of when we're in positions of ourselves and in our own frame of thought, we makes it makes us think more highly of ourselves anyway. And so we need to take time to get help. So that way we can acknowledge that we don't have it all together, that we don't have all the answers that we can't find enough academic research to answer our own questions. No, I may need to get some help and support for myself. Absolutely. You know? I think all of us, you know, uh, we we need to look at our marriages, mm-hmm. our personal lives, mm-hmm. our relationship with our kids, whether they're adults or children. We need to just look at all of our lives and say, where do we need help? And sometimes mm-hmm. that means I need to talk with a counselor and kind of navigate this. Yeah. And that's not that's not wrong. That's it's good. Not, that's good stuff. It's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me give you another one. So servants, like I mentioned with Peter, they think they have life all figured out. Here is kind of a challenging question, Mm. question to ask yourself. After listening to a message or reading a book on faith, do you most of the time just criticize what it said rather than humbly applying what you learned? Mm. Now, I'm a big believer that whatever you read, you should read it critically. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. But 
are you being overly critical? Mm. And uh, even in my, on my own life, I've seen that happen pop up mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, I'll listen to a message and I'll get a little critical on it. And then kind of God's voice comes in and says, uh, what about that message applies to you, friend? And so, yeah, I think uh, that's another hallmark. Hmm. Here's another one for you. Uh, you know, sometimes a servant uh, might have a lot of Christian friendships. We talked about in the last podcast how important accountability is, right? But in those friendships with people that we, you know, are following, that are following after the way, maybe we keep them at arm's length, right? Oh, yeah, that's my friend, but I don't really spend no time with them. <laughs> you know, oh, that's my friend, but mm, I don't really tell them deep, intimate things. Because here's a question that you can ask. Who knows your secrets? You know, if you had to write down your darkest, deepest sins, you know, of your life, who would know about them? Would anyone? I know marriages where a husband and or a wife hasn't told their spouse about some of the things that have been detrimental in their life. That's how we hide porn addiction. That's how we hide alcohol addiction. And we hide those things sometimes in that servant stage because it's like, I really don't want accountability because it makes me look like I'm wrong or that I didn't know something. That's another place that you can kind of ask the question for yourself. Yeah, that's a good one, Samuel. Uh, This one, uh, another aspect of being a servant, I think, is servants uh, have a and this is, again, a really good thing to think about. Like, they have a false idea of who God is. And mm-hmm. I'll give you one example. In my life, and I'm just going to say this, I did not grow up with a very good father. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so when I became a Christian, in part, not fully, but in part, my dad was an image of God for me. Mm-hmm. He was the stern father. Mm -hmm. He was the father who was never pleased with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I think for our listeners, that's something you've got to figure out. Like, what is my image of God? One, One way to maybe think about it that I've talked with clients about is most people can readily agree, oh, yeah, God loves me. But a better question might be, does God like you? Does he like being with you? I've heard you talk about this context before, love and like, yeah, even in the context of marriage. But yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, with that, do this maybe would be telling if you are a servant. Do you feel close to God when you are obeying all the rules of your life? Mm-hmm. But when you break them, he now feels distant from you. Mm. That's not how he works, Okay. Uh, when you feel like you've lived sin free for a day, uh, by the way, no one does that. <laughs> do you now feel closer to God? And on the opposite side, when you've had a rough day and are confronted by your sin or your mm. problems in your life, does God now seem distant to you? So I think for servants, uh, and we're going to talk about this in depth in the next episode when we get to friendship. Friends have a whole understanding of who God is, that he loves them and that he's for them and he even likes them. Mm. You're saying something here, Kelly. This is this is this is really important. I, I'm, I'm going to go personal again here. I think about my life, how often I, I distanced myself 
from friends, from true friendship. And often in my distance, in my self-isolation, I began to become uh, a knowledgeable person about my own self, sought information from my own self, and then use that to be like, well, this is the kind of people I want to be around based off of my own expression of understanding of what friendship and or relationships look like. It's almost like I began to find my own avenues of belief, and that began to be the standard of how I evaluated everything else in my mm. life in terms of friendships. There's something there that many cases like, and I think about so I, we struggled sometimes. I mean, you talked about Sam, have you ever had servant type of experiences in your life? I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I had several in those moments of isolation and distance. We often, and I, and I say this lightly, but I also say it very accurately become gods to ourselves. Right. Right. And, and in those moments now, all of a sudden, we become, and here's a question to ask yourself, are you a hard person to be with? What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Are you a hard person? When you look back, just like I'm doing, when you look back at your life and your friendships, is there a long string of broken relationships? Because that can be a telltale sign. A little bit about what you believe about yourself, what you believe about other people how you hold that and again, certain rigid lines, because I think tied to this more often than not is we have to think about, do the people, people closest to us think that we are never satisfied or that we are mostly blocked off from them. <laughs> um, then that, uh, that way when we are with them or when we're with a person, do we always have to be in control or does everything have to be our way? Our way or the highway, Carlitos our, way, our way or the highway, Carlitos way, you know, that was yeah. the movie. Yeah. But like, is it your way or the highway? Is it your laws, the way that you walk out your life, the way that you experience your relationship with Jesus and everybody else is wrong? Mm-hmm. In many cases, we become emotionally blocked off. And so we have to begin to ask ourselves those questions. And I can think about my life in that same frame throughout my concourse of how I experience distance and self-isolation with relations with other people. That's really good, Samuel. Yeah. And I think uh, with the servant, control is a very significant issue servants yeah. have. Yeah. And we see that with Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Peter has an agenda in his mind mm-hmm. with Jesus. Jesus tells him, oh, okay, guys, I'm going to have to die for you. And Peter's a control freak. No, you're not. I know I know what we're, what's going to have to go down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has a... He literally has a come to Jesus moment with Jesus. <laughs> so let me give you one more. Yeah. Uh, and uh, lastly, have you become a savior for other people? Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Do you think you can help everyone around you? Do you think you are Jesus to people? Mm. Like almost literally. And then finally, a really... Um, Good question to ask yourself. Do you spend just as much time working on your own life as you do in helping others? Mm. And obviously, you know, with our career and our gifting as being counselors, that's definitely something that, Samuel, you and I always have to be mindful of. Mm. Do you and I spend just as much time working on our lives as we do in helping others? So those might be uh, uh, some stages of uh, of uh, being a servant. So we're going to begin to wrap things up and we're going to go back to Peter's story because we're going to talk about his greatest failure. 
And then uh, in the opening of the final episode, when we talk about friendship, we're going to talk about his greatest moment in his life. Mm-hmm. So, but we got to, I got to set a backdrop here, Samuel. Jesus made one big rule. And if you broke it, what it meant is it would irreparably harm your relationship with him. Mm. Here was the rule. And I would guess that Jesus spoke this rule to the disciples multiple times. The rule was, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father as well. Mm. Jesus wants dedication out of us. But there's two points here. (laughs) Here's the crazy one. The first one is, at the Last Supper, he tells all of the disciples, hey guys, you're going to break the big rule. Mm. You, are gonna, you are all going to deny me. Mm. And again, I think that uh, part of the story shows just how grace-oriented Jesus can be in our lives. He'll make a rule and he'll say, well, sometimes you have to follow it. <laughs> but here's point number two. And uh, this definitely shows where Peter is a servant. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, Peter was a rule follower. Yeah. He was never, ever going to break that one rule. Even to the point in that conversation at the Last Supper, he says to Jesus, I am definitely not going to deny you. Mm-hmm. But you know what he does? He does even something maybe worse. He says to he says to Jesus, he says, These guys, these guys are gonna deny you, but not me. Mm-hmm. Hear that arrogance? Uh-huh. Okay. These guys are trustworthy, are not trustworthy, but I am Jesus. Mm. And we all know what happens. Peter totally fails, and that night he denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. How does that story end? The gospel simply tell us, and he went out and wept bitterly mm. after he denied Jesus three times. So that is looking at the servant. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be in friendship with Jesus and how you can push into that. So on that note, we hope you have a great couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your listening platform is and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.